Ryan, thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this man back. He, of course, is a great speaker. He is a uh, movie maker. He's an author, a great friend of mine. It's Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh, how are you? Good to see you. Joe, it's been a while. Always a pleasure and great to see you again. It's wonderful to see you, my friend. I, I want to start out by saying the name of the film. It's called Police State. And uh, I've seen the teaser, and, and I'll, I'll make that available for people to go and see as well after the interview. But, man, it looks, it looks so incredibly important for this day and age. This is literally about how the government is doing the exact opposite of what it was ever intended to do by targeting people. Fill us in past that. Did I get it right so far? Sure. I mean, I would say, I would put it this way. If you, know, if you try to define what makes a police state, what defines a society like North Korea, China, the old Soviet Union, you'd have to say mass surveillance, widespread censorship. Uh, political targeting, the effort to establish a one-party state and eliminate effective opposition, um, political prisoners, and all of these things, all of these defining features of a police state we now see in the United States right around us. So suddenly it's not so easy to say that we are, in a casual way, we are a free country, we're part of the free world, and all those guys are part of the unfree world. And so that's what that's the question that this film examines in a very serious way. Are we becoming, right under our noses, a police state? PoliceStateFilm.net. It's uh, going to be out for limited release. We'll talk about exactly when that is coming up. What, what's interesting about this, Dinesh, uh, I have not lived through, and you and I aren't that different in age, we have not lived through what, when the Nazis did what they did and, and when, you know, in, in uh, the USSR they did what they did, when North Korea first did what they did, by the way, put in place by Russia. Um, so I, I, can't, I can't speak to this other than ask you the very simple question. They're lying to us about what they're doing the entire time they're doing it. This is democracy. Trump is the fascist. Uh, Sousa is the fascist. Uh, this is free and liberated um, um, elections. Hillary Clinton can complain about them, but Sousa can't. If he does, he should be locked up. Did they do the same things in the countries that I mentioned before in Mussolini's Italy? Did they lie the entire time they were doing the opposite? Right. So the lying is only needed in the first stage. And what I mean by that, Joe, is that once you've got the Gulag archipelago, you know, a network of prison camps stretching across the Soviet Union, once you've got a Stalin or a Khrushchev firmly in charge, they don't need to, to they don't even need to give a reason. They just arrest you. And when you say what for, they don't answer. Right. But while you're building the police state, you don't have everybody on board. You don't have full control of all the institutions of society. So you have constituents that you need to help you to get there. And so that's why the deceit is necessary. That's why, for example, our police state is emerging almost behind a facade of law. They say, we're, we're fighting disinformation. We're protecting democracy. Why are you going after the leader of the opposition? Well, that's because no one's above the law, Dinesh. So our police state is a little bit unique in its own way in that it's masquerading as, uh, as the champion of freedom and democracy when it's, in fact, the exact antithesis. PoliceStateFilm.net is the website. Go there. It's going to be out for a limited release. I got to tell you, it's, what you just said sounded like good news. You might think I'm crazy, but the reason I say that is it sounds like we're still in the first stage. Are we? Yeah, I think for sure. Because um, look at it this way. I'll give you a small example. You know, Fauci wants to uh, make his case for uh, why COVID uh, had a natural origin. So what does he do? He commissions a paper uh, and he reads the paper beforehand uh, and he's involved in the writing of the paper and the approval of the paper. And then when the paper comes out, he holds it up like it's an independent study. Oh, wow, there's a scientific paper that's just come out that's that's basically making my case for me. Right. Now, why would he need to do all that pretense? Stalin would not need to do that. Stalin would not need to go through the elaborate rigmarole and the tap dancing. The reason Fauci has to do that is Fauci still needs to maintain a, a veneer, a, a kind of facade of academic legitimacy, of doing things by the book, of consulting the 
independent academic research, even though there's nothing independent behind the scenes. These guys are working in tandem to produce the paper. So that's my point. It's a very small example, but it shows that there is still a need to maintain a facade. And that means that the jaws of the police state haven't yet slammed shut. Yeah, very interesting example, because after he, he shows this paper that he himself commissioned and acts surprised by the independence of the paper, he then goes on to anybody who questions him and he says, oh, well, I'm science. I am science. And, and, and if you question that, you're the, like the devil incarnate. I can use another example and tell me if you think I'm on the right, uh, the right track here. When Comey and all these guys did the FISA court stuff, got the warrants to wiretap Trump Tower and so on, and tried to make connections between Trump and some Russian bank, a connection that didn't exist. Jake Sullivan, by the way, our current uh, national um, um, uh, security advisor, he's the one that did that, and he lied. Um, when all that was going on, the judge was skeptical. And said, we're not going to renew this warrant. So what did Comey and, and that group do? They started planting in Yahoo News, AOL News, and other so-called news outlets a story they wrote about, about this story. Then they went back to the judge and said, look at, this, look at this news report. We have to renew the, the warrant now, don't we? And the judge fell for it. That's the same circular sort of uh, talk that you're, that you're alluding to, is it not? Yeah, and again, I think this italicizes the uniqueness of our police state. Let's think, for example, about the media. Now, if this were Goebbels' Nazi Germany or if this were a Stalinist Russia, the Minister of Information would tell the media, this is what you must do. Uh, they would get direct orders or else we will raid your offices, we will throw you all in prison and so on. What's interesting about the suppression of the Hunter Biden story is you have thousands of independent journalists, hundreds of independent media outlets. And yet somehow, even though they're not in active conspiracy, they don't all go on a Zoom call early in the morning and say, let's all suppress the Hunter Biden story, but yet none of them print it. They all do in fact act as if they are conspiring together. So wow. we have a very interesting police state that is a hybrid of the public and the private sector. PoliceStateFilm.net, and it is .net, PoliceStateFilm.net. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Hunter Biden. I'm not sure you saw this today. You've probably been doing a lot of media. He's suing Rudy Giuliani. And the suit, Dinesh, is that Rudy Giuliani, who's like almost 80, hacked his laptop. Now, maybe I'm stupid, but is this part of the police state where they now accuse the people who originally knew about the laptop, knew about the contents, and Hunter Biden was drunk or drugged and he left his laptop too long at the shop and the shop became the owner of it. Nobody hacked anything. But he's suing Rudy Giuliani that he hacked his computer. Is this part of this whole thing to, to change the narrative and make people believe in Hunter? I mean, there are two possibilities here. One is that he knows that Rudy Giuliani is already under legal duress because Giuliani is being sued left and right and he's yeah, facing point. all kinds of legal proceedings. In fact, he's apparently had financial problems as a result. So Hunter Biden has let me pile on uh, to Rudy Giuliani. The second is, uh, I'll create a counter narrative, however absurd. Why? Because I know that I've got a massive media um, uh, juggernaut on my side that will go with the narrative no matter how absurd. And so let me put it out there and see who's going to run with it. Maybe political, maybe the New York Times, maybe the Washington Post. Uh, and the third is just the sort of grinding use of the left by lawfare. They just use litigation now. And it's because they have a lot of billionaires funding lawsuits on their side. Just, you know, uh, use litigation as a form of tying up the other side. Look what doing to Trump. In a sense, even if they fail, they at least partially succeed. Why? Because they've got him to spend all this time, all this expense in dealing with these 90 plus charges, all while he's trying to run for president. It's amazing. Well, let me ask you this. If they didn't own the media, could they get away with it? And let me give you an example. Woodward and Bernstein were horrible reporters. They weren't getting anything done. There were a couple of idiots sitting around happy to answer the phone when the FBI, number two in charge, Deep Throat, wanted to get the information out and take down Nixon. They didn't actually go out and do any journalism, but at least back then, they took the story because it was a huge, humongous story, and they ran with it. I get the feeling, and you just sort of, you know, uh, agreed with this, 
that if they get the big story now, they're not going to run with it. I used to be a journalist. As you know, I was a television news anchor. I've won 28 awards for excellence in journalism. I would have, I, you know what I'd be doing with the Hunter Biden story? I'd be the biggest star in the world because I would jump on the highest mountain with a megaphone and say, you're not going to believe what this guy did. So why is it that they were able to, from the early 70s, where I don't think they controlled the media, maybe it started there, uh, to now where it's almost completely controlled by the government? So I think the difference, and we see this very similar pattern in academia. When I was a student at Dartmouth, I would say that the liberal conservative tilt was about 70-30. But there were prominent conservative professors, and I could could have named five off the top of my head at Harvard uh, next door. Now, I think the same thing has happened uh, in the the media, and and that is that the media, which was always tilting left, has now gone so far left that there's only one possible explanation for why an enterprising journalist at the Sacramento Bee or the, you know, the Dallas Morning News wouldn't right. say, hey, listen, I'm going to win the Pulitzer Prize. All these idiots want to suppress the Hunter Biden story. Be my guest. I'm right. going to be the guy with the story. Thank you very much. But the reason that guy won't do it is I think that guy must realize that he will be crucified by his fellow journalists if he does that. Far from getting the Pulitzer Prize, they're going to run him out of a job and run him out of town. And that is the only plausible explanation for why you can get this kind of suppression where not even the enterprising guy is willing to step forward because he knows that the sword of Damocles will fall on his head. Amazing movie maker, author. He's a, an incredible speaker. I watch your videos all the time, man. When these people you know, yell that you're a fascist, your response is so spot on every time. I've seen some of the, uh, the, the previews of this movie. I see my friend Kyle Serafin in there. He's an FBI whistleblower. I see Dan Bongino in there, a friend of ours as well, former Secret Service agent. And these people have been targeted to shut their mouths, and they won't. Is that how you break the potential police state or the police state that we're living through right now, keeping voices loud. And these guys can back it up with information and evidence that they're right about what they're saying. Well, I use two types of evidence in the movie, and I'm sort of answering the guy. And there's going to be guys even on our side of the aisle who are going to say something like this. Well, you know, I'm not Trump, and I I didn't go in the Capitol on January 6th, and I pay my taxes, and so don't worry, Dinesh. I'm not going to hear the FBI banging on my door. And I need to convince that guy that he couldn't be more wrong. Now, how do I do that? One is by bringing all kinds of architects and insiders and whistleblowers who have been part of the evil sausage-making of the deep state and the police state, and I have them describe how exactly it works. And the second thing I do is I bring people from ordinary walks of life who have been at the receiving end of the police state. I have them describe their experience. In some cases, they provide to me hidden body cam footage that's never been seen before. In other cases, we recreate their story cinematically. So the great thing about a film is it can do this with an intellectual and emotional power that I think no other medium can match. And that's why I'm really excited about this movie. It'll be eventually in streaming, but I want people to go see it in the theater. So right now we're just offering it in the theater in just two days, October 13th and 15th. And we've we bought out hundreds of theaters. All you have to do is go on the website, policestatefilm.net, and you can sign up for one, 10 or 100 tickets so you can go with your family or your church or you can go with your club. Right. Uh, but we've already bought out the theater. You just go and buy as many tickets as you want. It's great to see it with like-minded people in the theater. I want to make sure I have the dates correct. You just said the 13th and 20 and 15th. I've got the 23rd and 25th. Which is it? Do we know? Yeah, sorry. No, I misspoke. It's October 23rd and 25th. You are correct. Those are okay. the two dates. Cool. Now, so if people go and fill the theaters, uh, as we've talked about before, can there then be more potential dates that, that are added to it? That's what happened with 2000 Mules. We did exactly the same thing. The theaters were packed and the theaters were like, listen, we've got to keep this movie going. And so you're also helping that kind of momentum. Uh, but don't do them. Don't see the movie to help me per se. See the movie because it's a terrific movie. It's going to be it's a it's a shattering experience to see. 
And it's something that's going to really get you thinking and talking. And they're so well done. When you see Dinesh's movie in the theater, it's a different experience completely. So make sure you make plans to go to policestatefilm.net. And it is a .net. Don't, don't forget that. Policestatefilm.net. And go get your tickets October 23rd and 25th. Will they see a listing of the theaters? Can they find where, you know, a theater near them? Yeah, the beautiful thing is you can search by state. You can just put in your zip code. Boom, all the theaters right near you pop right up. So it's a very easy transaction. You sign up, you get the tickets, and you're set to go. Every time you make a movie, you know that you're going to be attacked by the left ferociously. It's going to be nonstop. I get the feeling, and maybe I'll ask Debbie, and Debbie will be more honest than you on this, that you don't sleep at all when it, when it comes to making one of these movies because every T is crossed, every I is dotted, and every attempt to refute anything you said in 2000 Mules, you beat back very easily. Nobody ever made a case for why you were wrong about that movie, so I must assume that you were right about it. What about this one? I mean, you, you're bringing in former FBI guys. You're bringing in former Secret Service guys. You're bringing in regular Americans that were persecuted and prosecuted because they were praying. Um, are, are, is, is there even more due diligence you've got to do knowing that the DOJ is not going to come after you. Yeah, it's not so much I'm even worried about that. I mean, yes, I am a little worried about that because they've shown themselves willing to go after people merely for spreading information that they don't like. Right. Uh, but I think this movie is in some ways even more watertight than 2000 Mules for the simple reason that when you describe something that people don't have an everyday experience with, so for example, the effectiveness of cell phone technology in terms of tracking somebody, right. people have some experience of that, but then the critics will say, well, it's just very approximate, it doesn't really work, or it has certain exceptions and so on, and then you get into sort of a technical debate. Um, this movie is not even open to debate because what's happening is people are talking about this is what I did, this is what I saw, this is something that I captured on my, you know, my peephole camera in my apartment as bad. Right. Rams would were driving through the door and we show you the footage. So this is one of those things where I think even the left is going to sit with its jaw open and then have to scratch their heads for about three weeks to say, well, how are we going to take this on? Right. You know, it's, it's funny that you brought up the cell phone stuff and the GPS tracking because they lied about what you presented in the movie. At the same time, they were arresting people through GPS technology because they were at the at the Capitol on January 6th. Dinesh, they can't have it both ways, but this goes back to our original you know, premise here. They continually do. You and I both know they've arrested people through GPS tracking technology who were at the Capitol. They had no idea they were there until they looked into their, into their cell phone GPS. At the same time, they said that it just doesn't work. So how do you defeat that when they're going to stay? They're going to keep on that narrative. I mean, Joe, there, there isn't today a burglary case or a murder case that doesn't involve cell phone geotracking right. in the entire country, if not in the world. So this is now the standard technology. And and remember, in the movie, we had we relied on cell phone geotracking, but cell phone geotracking corroborated by video. Yes. So if you have a guy's cell phone placing him at a location on Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. and you go look in the video and there he is, and what's he doing pulling ballots out of a satchel and sticking them in the box? Imagine well, that. <laughs> the, two, the two independent lines of evidence evidence are really irrefutable taken together. So I was very proud of that movie and I stand by it. But this film, I think, also cinematically is at a whole new level. So I'm really excited about it. I can't wait for you to see the film. Yeah. And, of course, I'm thrilled to share this uh, information with your listeners and viewers. Well, They're going to love it. They love everything you do. Just one last note on the GPS geotracking. Wasn't it John Roberts, the Chief Justice, that said, yes, this is usable evidence? 
Not only did he say that, but he said in effect that the accuracy of cell phone technology is the same as putting an ankle bracelet uh, on a prisoner when you know exactly where the guy is. You can tell if he left his home because it sends out a signal. So the point is the the level of knowledge is really clear. I think what the left was doing in its so-called fact checkers is try to pull a fast one. And yes. in, in rhetoric, it's called the argumentum ad ignorantium. It's the argument that relies on the ignorance of the audience. <laughs> that's, that's something. Uh, Dinesh, I appreciate you. Go to policestatefilm.net. That's the only place you can get tickets. I'm already seeing people starting to flood my inbox with stuff that isn't connected to you, but they're saying that it is. Only go to policestatefilm.net. Get tickets there. It's October 23rd and 25th. Let's make sure we keep that in theaters for a long time. Dinesh, thanks a million. Let's talk again soon. Look forward to it. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. Don't be an A-dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. Always a pleasure to have Dinesh D'Souza on this new movie. It's called Police State. Go to policestatefilm.net, and it is a .net. Policestatefilm.net is the only place you can get uh, tickets to this movie. You'll see the teaser over there at that website as well. And uh, it just looks like it's going to be amazing. We've got a lot of people in that movie that you've seen on my program that we've been talking to for a long time exposing this police state. Again, policestatefilm.net. Go there and go there right now. Next hour... Alexis Wilkins, she's a country music singer. She's also uh, a, a host of a podcast on PragerU and a whole lot more. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pegg Show.